0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. After hearing his doctrine, many of the followers of Jesus said, This is intolerable language. How could anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his followers were complaining about it and said, Does this upset you? What if you should see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh has nothing to offer. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the outset those who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. He went on, This is why I told you that no one could come to me unless the Father allows him. After this, many of his disciples left him and stopped going with him. Then Jesus said to the twelve, What about you? Do you want to go away too? Simon Peter answered, Lord, who shall we go to? You have the message of eternal life and we believe, we know that you are the Holy One of God, Gospel of the Lord. We recall that the miracle of the loaves occurred just before the Feast of Passover. That is why there were so many people around because they were making their way up to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And so the only way to get there, of course, was by foot. And so they were walking and they encountered our Lord who taught them at some length. He fed them with the five loaves and the two fish. He crossed the sea on foot. He came to Capernaum. The crowd followed him. They were hungering for the bread that he had given. They had eaten as much as they wanted. But our Lord was offering them something more than bread for the belly. And so begins the great um, discourse about the Eucharist. When our Lord began the discourse, he was pointing to his divinity initially, saying that he had come down from heaven. He said he was the son of Joseph. He said, no, he came down from heaven, and that he was in heaven, that God was his father and that he was going to give them the true bread, the living bread, the bread that endures to everlasting life. He was promising them not a long life as Moses had done, but eternal life. And when they asked for this bread, he referred to his humanity. The the bread I shall give is my flesh for the life of the world. And when they found that difficult to accept, he didn't back down. On the contrary, he reinforced what he said, showing the benefits of eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And what is even more striking are the verbs in Greek that he used. Whereas in English, we have anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. In the Greek, it is, he uses different verbs for each one unless you chew my flesh, unless you grind my flesh under your teeth, unless you gnaw my flesh. All of these were very animalistic. And this is what caused the people to to be scandalized. And instead of asking the the right question, explain to us, tell us how, enlighten us. They asked, how can this man give us his flesh to eat. But it's not a man, it is God himself who is speaking and who is going to give us his flesh. And so after having said this, we're told after hearing his doctrine, and a doctrine is a solid teaching, it's it's something that must be accepted. After hearing his doctrine, many of his followers said This is intolerable language. Who can accept it? How can anybody believe this? And indeed, the same is said even today. We read very sadly, for instance, of the statistics that 70, 80% of Catholics do not believe that Christ is really and truly present in the Eucharist. And consequently, they are no better than the people at Capernaum. But why is it? How have we reached the stage where so many of our brethren do not believe? And part of the reason is, of course, there is no teaching, no explanation of doctrine. Another part is the way we treat the the, the the sacrament, the lack of reverence. As we know, familiarity breeds contempt. And so... Our Lord was aware of what his followers were complaining about. And he said, does this upset you? What if you should see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? He comes back to his divinity. He is referring to his ascension. No one has come down from heaven except the Son of Man who is in heaven. The Father has sent me. I have come down not to do my will, but the will of the one who sent me, and so on. And so he's now, he now referring to his ascension. But the ascension will only occur after the Passion, Death, Resurrection. And so he's tying up the, the bread of life with his humanity, his divinity, and, of course, his ascension into heaven. It is the spirit that gives life. The flesh has nothing to offer. The words I've spoken to you are spirit and they are life. It is the spirit that gives life. Well, we know this. The, when the spirit leaves the body, the body is dead. The flesh is dead. It's the spirit that gives life. And so this is what needs to be nourished, the spirit and the, word, the words our Lord has spoken are nourishment for the spirit, for our souls. The flesh, he says, has nothing to offer because the flesh will only drag us away from God if we permit it. But we need then to strengthen our spirit. <clears throat> we need then to strengthen our spirit so that we might follow Christ as he requires us and that he may give us eternal life. And so he says, the words I've spoken to you are spirit and they're life. But, he says, there are some of you who do not believe. And St. John goes on to tell us, or to give us an indication again of our Lord's um, knowledge of all things, a divine attribute his omniscience. For Jesus knew from the outset those who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And this is the first time that Judas is referred to as the traitor at the Eucharist because he did not believe who Christ is. It's not that we believe the Eucharist first. We believe him, Christ, to be God and then we can accept the reality, the truth, of the Eucharist, and indeed everything else that he teaches us. So Judas did not believe this. And why? Well, we can only speculate, but we can imagine this vast crowd, 5,000 men, not counting women and children, perhaps not all of them were in Capernaum, but there was a large number of people. It was the Sabbath, and it was our Lord's teaching in the synagogue. So the priests would have been there, the scribes and the Pharisees were there. So we had the intellectuals, we have the ordinary people. When our Lord spoke, he lost the intellectuals. He lost the priests. He lost the scribes. He lost also a good number of the ordinary people because these often are influenced by the thinkers of the time. But whatever happens, many, we're told, of his disciples left him. This is intolerable language. Who can accept it? And our Lord, again, reiterates what he had said before. He went on, this is why I told you that no one could come to me unless the Father allows him. So from this, we learn that we must ask the Father to permit us to believe, to believe in his Son. One of the great marvels of of God is that he, He reverses everything that we do. So, for instance, sin is essentially a misuse of God's gifts, and God brings great good out of the misuse of His gifts. So he reverses the evil that we do. This is what we see beginning to take place. After this, many of his disciples left him and stopped going with him. Our Lord could have prevented them by explaining what he had said in a human way. But he didn't because he is truth and he meant what he had said. When Nicodemus misunderstood, the Lord corrected him. When the woman of the well misunderstood, he corrected her. But here he does not correct, he does not say anything different from what he had said. He preferred the people to go away, rather than to change his teaching, his doctrine. He could have said, no, I'm speaking figuratively, or I'm using parables or metaphors or anything. But no, he meant it as he had said it. It was literal, then our Lord, and we can imagine the sadness, he turned to the twelve, what about you? Do you also want to go away? Judas was looking at all of this, and when he saw the vast crowd departing, the crowd who had wanted to make our Lord king because he had fed them, he suddenly thought, well this man is a dreamer. He must have thought this man, he could not possibly have thought him to be God. And at that moment, he, his faith started to fail. He lost heart. There was, he could see there was no hope in this man anymore. At least, no hope for this world. But Peter, on the other hand, answered. <clears throat> Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the message of eternal life, and we believe. We know that you are the Holy One of God. This is the Peter who said, you are the Son of the Living God. He knows that Christ is the Holy One of God, and he knows that Christ has a message of eternal life, and he believes this. And in fact, this is all that our Lord requires of us, at least to begin with, is that we believe in Him. Even when it is difficult, and even when it doesn't make sense, humanly speaking, we must believe in Him. Because he is truth. His words are spirit and they are life. And there's no other name given to us by which we might be saved. And so, we, as we have the gift of the Eucharist, we thank him for giving us himself as the food for this world that will lead us to everlasting life. And even as we possess the life, this life, this everlasting life, Now now on earth, we pray also that he will raise us up. That is, he will bring our bodies out of the graves and join us with himself and his saints in eternity. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today.